All righty. Well, we are live. We are live. Thank you all for joining us here at Pain to Power. I have with me today right now, Miss Emily, Hi. Karen, and Jerome. I would like to let, let you all know, these are some wonderful individuals. They are phenomenal. They are moving forward in the fight to actually assist individuals in domestic violence. It is one thing to be an advocate out here, especially today with COVID-19, where individuals are stuck in a house with their abusers. And some individuals are actually discovering that their partners are abusers um, because they haven't they haven't realized the, the struggle of how hard it has been with the trauma that they've experienced through the stressors of not knowing what to do or how to do it in this day. So please let me begin to first introduce to you emily she is going to tell you about herself she's doing some phenomenal work she is from oregon and emily please tell everyone about yourself hi i'm actually from vancouver washington but it's right next to oregon and i'm working with sabrina jones um and i'm working on my brand and i am going to be writing a book that should be done by the end of the year and this has been a kind of a dream for me ever since I've been through um, abusive relationships to help other women with what I went through, with the struggles that I went through. And um, there are steps to getting out. It is hard. It is very hard being in that situation and feeling like you have nowhere to go. Um, the first boyfriend that I had that ever abused me, um, he he didn't abuse me right away. Uh, it took him a while. And actually, it I saw aggressive side of him. I saw a jealous side of him. And that's when I should have ran. That's when I should have ran. But I didn't see the signs. I didn't know. I was very sheltered. And I moved out at 18. So um, he ended up putting drugs in my Coke bottle. And um, the abuse started after that. Um, that was a struggle I went through too. I went through a struggle with drugs and I'm not proud of it. Um, I didn't even know that he put it in my Coke bottle. And uh, when I when I finally realized there was something going on because I could feel it, I could feel it. Um, he laughed at me. I just remember him laughing at me. And um, man, the abuse, the first night of the abuse, I was in my apartment. He had come over. He was high. And um, he, we ended up getting an argument to where he threw me on the ground, just threw me on the ground, trying to suffocate me. I was reaching for the phone. He pulled the phone out of the wall. I finally got him out of my apartment. And um, gosh, it's so vivid now that I'm talking about it. That's when my neighbor, bless my neighbor from downstairs, came upstairs. And that's when he backed off, but he spit in my face as I was shutting the door. And the next day I did call the police and um, press charges against him. 
um, it didn't take me right away to be hooked on drugs. It, it took quite a while after that, but it was just the surrounding of the people that I was with that time. I, I was making bad decisions with the people I was surrounded with. Eventually I got out of it four years later and, oh, it, it, it's the truth, pain to power, because it's an everyday step on working on yourself, loving yourself, um, getting mad. You've got to get mad to get out. And um, that's what led me to um, success and being great on my own and knowing I don't need a man to survive. I would like one in my life. That would be great. I'm 39. So um, I have, a, I'm writing a book, so I don't want to tell everything, but that's a little bit where I'm coming from. And the sad situation is um, I was in cosmetology school in 2007. I was doing my homework on the coffee table. And I know this was God. This was God bringing a vision to me. Like I was doing my homework and the, 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 uh, the, sorry, the TV was on mute. And um, I uh, looked up and there he was in, in a courtroom in all orange. He had done the same thing that he did to me to a 14 and a 15 year old girl and, and he raped them. That's when I knew that I wanted to be an advocate, that I wanted to help women that I wanted to use the pain and the, the bad experiences that I went through to help others as much as I possibly can. Well, thank you. All right. And I'm, but once again, you, you overcame that. You are out of it. And that's the most important thing. So I commend you for that. Thank you. I truly do. Absolutely. Jerome. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All right. Introduce yourself, Jerome. Jerome, Rome. <laughs> we ain't got to be so formal. We all family around here. We ain't got to be formal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm a police officer in Merlin. Uh, I've been one for quite a long time now. I'm a domestic violence advocate. I'm going through all kinds of training for it. I wait outside of my job on my own to actually become an official uh, certified advocate. Not far off from achieving that just probably maybe maybe one more class and i'm good um i got into this one for my job seeing it all day every day seeing the uh the uh victims go through what they go through and the abusers but more so the kids you know i see the the children's faces when when their mother's all bleeding and bloody and crying and bleeding you know so it's just a sad situation but my sister was actually murdered by her child's father some years back and um i think that's what catapulted me into the to the uh into this this field to try to keep somebody else's sister from dying and keep their mothers from crying and you know keep the pain from uh passing around you know what i mean yeah. so, but i'm fighting fighting hard for the for the survivors for the uh for the for the victims and even for the abusers because they need help yeah. Right, the abusers need help, so try my best to 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 when I when I'm able to talk to them, when I'm able to listen, you know, to talk mm -hmm. to them, try to get them to see the error of their ways, and right. you know, let them get some help. 
So that's who I am. And that's where I'm going. Well, thank you for what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate thank it. Can't say it enough. And being one of the good ones at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the best ones out there. <laughs> I take pride good in that. For you. I don't like to toot my own horn, but I take pride in that. I'm one of the funny thing is real quick. Uh, somebody told me today that um, mm -hmm. talked through to Instagram um, for a bracelet. And uh, long story short, she said, you don't remember me, but you pulled me over a while ago. My tags was bad. And she went on to a story about how I looked at her like she was crazy when she said that uh, her, she was on her way to go get them. And she said, I just that I was nice to her and I let her go. I don't I don't remember that. I pull people over all the time. Mm -hmm. But that's just my nature. You know what I mean? It's just. Right. Absolutely. But I said that to say you never know who you're going to deal with later on in life. So you always got to treat people well, you know? And that's, mm -hmm. that's what I stand on. I, I try to be fair and consistent in my job, in my day-to-day -day right. life. So, and thank you for that. Thank Absolutely. you. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Karen, introduce yourself. Tell us about your organization as well. Well, my name is Karen Lewis, and I am an advocate for domestic violence, which I will be an advocate for domestic violence for the rest of my life. Um, my daughter was, I have two daughters. Uh, God blessed me with two children, and both of them are daughters. And my uh, youngest one was 27 at the time, eight months pregnant, and her boyfriend stabbed her 56 times which caused me to lose my daughter and what would have been my very first grandchild. And I uh, decided I'm going to be an advocate from that point on for the rest of my life because um, I was already a victim of domestic violence when I married my, well, before I married my children's father, but I still married him anyway. And he was abusive to me before I even married him. So why I did that, I will never know. Well, I left my husband when my children were four and seven because he was very abusive. He was not just abusive by being a drug user. He was abusive by uh, being physically abusive to me. He was uh, verbally abusive to me. And he was verbally abusive to my children. Now, God does give us a com common sense, and we know enough is enough when enough is enough. So I have a problem with a lot of people when they get to calling the victim stupid and ignorant. Why are they staying there? Why didn't they leave? leave? Um, you can't judge a person. You have to know that. All the victims I deal with, I let them know no one has the right to judge them because they can be judging you, but they might have been through something themselves. So I teach our victims, you know, not to be worried and have fear about the uh, abuse that they've gone to and why they stayed. But I left when my children were four and seven from domestic violence to get away from my abusive husband. And I thought because my children were so young when I finally decided to walk away from that marriage at the age of the four and seven, that it would never happen to them only to uh, lose my uh, youngest child from domestic violence. So um, it's heartbreaking. It is, uh, I've been, my baby has been gone six years now, but I still go through grief every day. I don't think it'll ever get easier on anybody. You might be able to deal with it, to cope with it, 
uh, and work with it for the rest of your life. But the grief is still there. I don't care how people say, well, I got over it. She's gone. She's been gone this long. I'm okay. No, that's not the truth. And I am a biblical counselor, have been a certified biblical counselor since uh, July 10th of 2010. And uh, I just believe in helping people. Uh, I will always help victims. And the Angel House is our organization, which we opened up due to the loss of my child. I do a domestic violence walk every year. And the Angel House, what we do there is we assist victims to escape their abusers faithfully every day. And my thing is, if I can just save one life, I will be all right. But I have been able to save a different amount of lives, a different amount each year. 2017 was my biggest year. I was able to save 17 victims and get them out of Michigan to other states to start a fresh new life for themselves. And that's my biggest goal, to get these victims away from their abusers, without their abusers, knowing where they're going. So our organization, we try to raise money every day to fundraisers uh, so that I will always have money to purchase train, plane, and bus tickets to get those victims from one state to another Although they have to go to another uh, to a shelter, whatever state we send them to, they're there, there temporarily until they can find housing and jobs. And um, most likely, the shelters I send them to, they have programs to train them to prepare them for work. They help them get jobs, even if so. Well, if you might have been a lawyer here in Michigan and you have to go through a shelter to get away from your doctor husband who's abusive. You might have to be a housekeeper. You might have to be a janitor. But mm-hmm. the thing is, you're starting your life over fresh to become a new person to take care of you and your children. So that's what our biggest goals are, are is to help victims get established with a fresh new start in life. Well, thank you for what you do, Karen. I so greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. You can connect with people and you still don't know the depth of everything because even though I knew who you were and what you did, I did not know your story. Yes. I want well, you can also you can also get my um story. I wrote a very small book and it's called um No More. Uh Love Shouldn't mm-hmm. Hurt. And um you can get that on Amazon and that tells you that abuse sometimes people don't realize it, but it's a generational thing. Thing. Just yeah. like I was brought up in a house with two alcoholics, my mother and my stepfather. Um, they were both alcoholics. They were fighting all the time, partying all the time. Both of them had good jobs, one at Chrysler, one at General Motors. So it wasn't that those um, three children were wanting for anything back at that time. We were being raised by two functioning alcoholics. They went to work every day. They uh, they fought every weekend. You know, we had to see that. They partied every weekend. We had to see that. So when um, I met my husband, believe it or not, he was my mailman. And I really should have left him out there delivering mail. But no, I um, picked that mailman, started dating him, ended up marrying him, having children by him. And uh, after being with him for 13 years, I said enough is enough because if he's doing this now to me and my daughters, our little mm. babies seeing this, they're going to think it's all right for their husbands or their boyfriends to do it to them. 
So I thought I was breaking this generational cycle by getting my children out of it. But then when my daughter was murdered, I went back into a jail holding myself responsible for my daughter's death because I felt like she didn't have a male, a male role in her life. Uh, neither one of my daughters. I didn't date. I, I, I dated one time uh, during the time that I was divorced. Uh, people talk about me for being celibate all this time, but it was about raising my daughters, having my daughters have a, um, a good life, to know how to be treated, to know how to live in life. And I've always told that whether you have a boyfriend or a husband, you still need your education because if that individual mm -hmm. decides to walk away or God forbid, if your husband dies, you still have to be able to take care of yourself. So um, I think Absolutely. I did a good job with my daughters. Um, one is residing in Arizona right now. Uh, and she has a good job there. She was a high school dropout. But she still went back and got a high school diploma and went on to um, college. So I'm proud of her, too. And my daughter that passed away, she went to school and became a CPA. And she moved to Texas. And that's where her life was taken from her at is in Texas. She wasn't here with me in Michigan. I wasn't able to hold my child in, in my arms while she was leaving this earth. You know, I had to get a call from the police department in Texas to tell me that my child was deceased. I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry, both of you, that you have that loss. Thank you. I'm so sorry. See, I had, I had great parents. I didn't need to be around these men. I didn't need to be around people like that. And, but they, it was a brainwashing thing. Like, oh, they don't care about you. You know, you don't have anywhere to go. You're all by yourself. And, and that's um, what happens to me. These men, well, I'm not talking about every man because all men are not bad. No. But the abusers, they will bring your self-esteem down. And the faster they see they can bring your self-esteem down, they're going to get you to do drugs and alcohol or get out there and sell your body to make them happy. Exactly. But it's all your fault. It's not theirs. I want oh, you no. to know that's what they think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, with today, with everything that's going on, I think the most important thing is, like you stated, Karen, where where does it begin? Where do you begin to teach and educate your children about about domestic violence? How do you keep them from actually having to experience it or encounter someone in with that mentality? And I believe it begins in our own actions. Unfortunately. We have um, developed so many different um, beliefs that we believed in with uh, when a little boy hits a girl, oh, it's okay, he likes you. It means he likes you, it's okay, it's acceptable. But that's teaching them that it's okay instead of saying it's not okay for anyone to put their hands on you. No. You know, there's a proper way of doing things. There are there are ways that we need to begin to think differently and begin to teach our children differently and exemplify those things differently into our children as well. Um, we can't tell them, don't let somebody belittle you when you're cursing your child, <laughs> when you're asking them, are they stupid? You know, well, then, you, know you have to know it starts from the home. 
And I don't Absolutely. know about you being an advocate, but I'm able to go into the elementary schools, junior highs, all the way up to the uh, universities. And I speak to these little babies and I ask the little boys, why did you pull her hair? Why did you push her into mm -hmm. the lock? But they see it at home. So they yes. think because their mother's boyfriend or their father is abusing their mom that they could go to school and do it to the little girls that they think that they like. And that, that that's just, you know, like I say, you got to get to the root of all of it. And it's a generational thing. People say it's not, but it is. It's a generational thing. If you look back in a lot of people's um, past that have experienced domestic violence, it has passed on. Um, there are yeah. very few cases where as though those individuals had not had a parent or relative that had experienced domestic violence. Yes. Jerome, when you go wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> when you go out, I know a lot of times, most of the times when you're actually interacting with those individuals on site, that is generally a more um it's a it's a more toxic environment. It's not something that is not calm. What are you generally? What is the thing that you generally encounter when you when you all get a domestic violence call? What is generally the process of, of things, the, the atmosphere that you all are um, introduced to when you arrive? Uh, most times, for for the for the most part, it's uh, <laughs> it's gonna sound crazy, but it's calm when we get there. It's like an eerie calm, and it's I hate that, but. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather walk in and it's just, it's going to sound weird, but I'd rather walk in and see them fighting or yelling only because at that point I can calm things down. But mm -hmm. when I walk into it and it's already calm, somebody's going to snap and mm -hmm. you don't know which one it's going to be, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's just from my, from, from doing it for a while. That's what I've noticed. So what I do is I try to, I go in. My partner and I, we try to get them, uh, get them separated. I talk to one, they talk to the other one, you know, just, and then we, we come together, my partner and myself come together and um, figure out the, what's, what's going on with the stories, the stories match. You know, we mm -hmm. look for signs of abuse, signs of struggle. Uh, we look around the house, see if anything was knocked over, things like that. Um, right. See where the kids are. That's number one, where the kids, if they can get to another room safely um, while we talk to the parents. You know, we try to come to some sort of resolution, you know, um, try to, I do a little counseling session in there to see if, uh, if, if somehow they can talk it out and voice their opinion. Cause sometimes people just need to talk and you can't talk when somebody's always yelling. Cause and some, one person might think that this person is talking down on them when this is just mm -hmm. how this person expresses themselves. They're not necessarily yeah. talking down on them. They're just trying to express themselves, but the other person can't take that. So I try to give them a play mediator. Let them talk it out, and uh, to the best of my abilities, and see what um, see what the underlying issues are, and try to go from mm -hmm. there. I think my my main goal is try to figure out the underlying issues, and 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 build off of that, because once you can figure that out, then you can see where everything else branches off, and you can try to see how we can solve that issue. And a lot mm -hmm. of times, that's when when they re recognize the underlying issue, then they can you know talk about it amongst themselves but right. the main thing for me when i go on these things is try to you know talk it's a lot of talk people just need a lot of counseling 
You know, I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily a counselor, but they, they, it's, they it's, it's, it gets heated. Like as of late, because of this the Corona lockdown, we have an right. uptick in domestic violence, and people are finding out the people they've been dating are they not <laughs> who they you know who they thought they were. You know, Say it again. Some of them Say still. They're, they're, they're turning to monsters. Yeah. yeah, and they stuck in the house with them for instead of eight hours now they're stuck in the house for 16 you know mm-hmm. so they're not right. used to they're used to leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back leaving and coming back doing their thing going about their daily life but they're not really used to being with that person fully you know Absolutely. so they don't really know that person yeah so and it's and it's spread off into their children as well they don't know how to they didn't know their kids with that child you know they're saying Absolutely. that they're seeing that when the teachers was calling home that's what they was really calling home about that's what that child mm-hmm. is. So, yeah. but it's 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 a lot of, it's 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 on the rise right now. Hopefully, it's, it could be a good thing and a bad thing depending on how you look at it. I think it's a good thing because you're seeing mm-hmm. who this person is, and you have a chance to 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 make your exit. You know, before it gets worse, you have a chance to 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 reevaluate your life, your situation. You know, to to do better for yourself now. So for when the doors finally open for us to go outside. You're gonna really start making moves to 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 better every the whole entire situation. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine being in an abusive situation during this. My abuse happened back in 2000, so and for about four years I dated some really and I really appreciate um, Karen you saying um, not blaming the victim because I got a lot of that from my friends at the time and I just. I was naive and I felt I was brainwashed. I wasn't myself. It was and most likely not true. Yeah. 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 Most likely true. Cause that's, I, I noticed a lot of that. Um, I noticed I went to a call man and it was a, uh, it was, they were foreigners. Uh, I can't, they was from, I can't remember exactly where they were from. India or somewhere over that way. And um, she, she was terrified. She didn't have she didn't have any money. I was like, well, I was explaining to her how I can help her get out of the situation. Well, at least try to. If people talk to, she's like, I have no money. He controls all the ass- bank's assets. They ha- he has a business. His business is in her name. So I'm like, ma'am, you have 100 rights to that business. Yeah. No, no, I can't do anything. Uh, he, 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 I can't. He gives me twenty dollars here and there. So he was controlling the uh, car. He was controlling her finances. She mm-hmm. had to stay in the house. They didn't have any uh, little kids, so it's 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 not always about the physical abuse. It's right. not always about that. It's about getting in your mind. You get into your her mind, and they they think they own you, you know, and they're afraid to right. do anything else. They're terrorized, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have Emotion, no money to go. Yeah. Emotional abuse right. can be just as bad as physical. I think abuse, it's worse. Not worse. I yeah. think it's worse. Well, it is. Worse. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because emotional abuse will drive you to kill yourself. Yeah. You know, you can shake somebody hits you in the ribs. Mm, you shake that off 30, 40 minutes, depending. You know what I mean? Going about your day. But somebody start hitting you in your mind, that sticks with you and plays on you. Yeah. Constantly. You know, it's yeah. trauma. Right. It's traumatizing. And it causes you to well, Right. And the reality is, is that the that one physical abuse, it happens, but once the wounds are healed, you are still left with dealing with that emotional abuse, that the, the mental part of it, the traumatic part of it, 
that is still you're still fighting through. Now yep. you're trying to understand, can I get out? Because a lot of times individuals, they escape, but they still have not mentally escaped that situation. They're still in it. They're locked into a wall. They are, I can't go anywhere. They have these limitations that they don't even realize that they're no longer bound by that individual, but they still are mentally. So it takes a longer process to be able to help them to even get through and heal and understand that you really are free. Yeah. That you don't have to continue to feel like you have to be locked down and you 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 don't can't touch your money. You can't go anywhere. You can't say the things that you need to say. You know, express yourself and how you feel. You know, that's so important. But that's one of the greatest things that we deal with with um with individuals who are victims of domestic violence. Karen, what is your opinion? Um, I'm just going to give you all a scenario scenario <laughs> here because um, financial, uh, people don't believe that finance can cause abuse, but finance can cause abuse. Yeah. And yeah. I've had a woman, she was a RN and she married uh, one of the doctors that she worked with. She let him talk her into quitting her job and she he was going to supply everything. He was a heart surgeon, so you know he didn't make pennies. But what that did when he, when she allowed him to take over her life by telling her to quit her job, see, she already had a career. Uh, and he started taking over everything. He started controlling her. He could not just control her. He controlled the finances. And sometimes she didn't even have money to go out to uh, dinner, to take her mother out to dinner. Her dad was deceased, and she couldn't even take her mom out to dinner because she actually had no funds. He shut her bank account and stuff down. So you have to be aware of that control spirit because that controlling spirit is out there where they will control you, not just of your finances, but they will control you to bring your self-esteem down. Uh, it is, you gotta be careful. You really gotta be careful. You gotta know the signs to look for uh, when it comes to abuse. Um, like I say, everybody is not bad. Some people fall into that being abusive because they're listening to what their buddies do and they know that they've never been that type of man before in their life, but they want to be more so like their buddies. They pick up their habits and then end up turning on the woman that they really love. So you got to be careful. That's all I can say. You have to be careful. And uh, another thing, too, a lot of people do this Internet dating. That's something I've never been interested in. Internet Not dating. And, and my daughter that's deceased, that's what she did. She did internet dating. She met this guy, I think it's called um catfish or fish catch, something. Um, that she met fish. him on. Oh, and plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. That's the, of fish. the worst yes, yes, yes. So yeah. when I'm in the courtroom uh 15 months after she's been deceased. I am um, in the courtroom and I am in total shock because both of my daughters know I don't like that internet dating because one, you never know if that person is telling you the truth about their background, but a lot mm -hmm. of people, they have good success with it. So everybody says, Karen, just because you lost your daughter from that, don't knock it because it's been great for a lot of people. Well, I'm not knocking it, but I know it took my daughter's life. And when we were in that courtroom, 
they uh, found her uh, journal in her apartment and they were reading it. And she said how she had met him. She only knew him 10 months, guys. Uh, she only knew him 10 months and he had taken her life. She was eight months pregnant by him. So, you know, she got pregnant by him really fast. So she uh, was dating this guy. She thought that he had been out of the military and he was looking for a job. Come to find out in the courtroom when they read that page in her diary, the a prosecutor couldn't do anything but look at that abuser up on the stand and say, why would you tell her something like that? You've never been in the military a day in your life. When my daughter was believing that this man had been in the military, served four years, and he had just gotten out. Uh, well, and I'm like, this is a college-educated girl. I cannot believe that she would fall for something like that. But I can't hold that against my child now. She's gone. So you never know what you're getting into with the internet, dating. So I'm saying be safe with that, too. One thing about me, I tell any victim that comes to the angel house, house if you... Um, don't know how to do a background check on somebody and you sure this is who you really want to date, call us. We'll do that background check because it's better for you to be safe than sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I finally learned, just learned yeah. how to do background checks. So, yes. Yeah. 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 So we do background checks too. We do, we do a 50 state background check, um, a global mm -hmm. one because of that one, you go in one state, they may not have something, but they may have something in another state. Yeah, but you said something that was key regarding dating, but let me let me just kind of twist it around for a moment because one thing the individuals when they talk about domestic violence, they're always talking about the abuse that is um that is actually done by the by the male. We never talk too much about the female. They're just and as there bad. are a lot of they can be just as bad. That, are, that are very abusive. Um the one crazy thing is, is that with females, they start doing things, especially stalking, where they may get their girlfriends to, to follow that person or call that person, you know, and things of that nature. And they find it funny and it can pass on to somebody as as a um, laughing matter. But the reality of it is, is that that's still abuse. You're still stalking them. You have women who they abuse that man and that male don't want to report it because they they feel you know, am I a man if I'm going to report it? If, you know, how, how, what am I look like if I go tell somebody that this woman is beating me or she being verbally abusive to me? Well, Ava, that's wrong, what is your take? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. What were you saying, Karen? I'm saying that's absolutely right. I was a social worker for 26 years for the state of Michigan. But after my daughter passed away, I chose to retire. But I had a case. Uh, the woman was getting SSI and the husband was not working. And every time her husband got a job, she would physically abuse him so that he could not keep his job and they would be able to stay on the welfare system. All that's a part of abuse. Mm -hmm. I had another case where yeah. um, the man, he just did not want to report this woman, he ended up in the hospital several times um, from her because one time, she was earning some, a shirt or something. I don't remember what the article was, but she was earning something. And he said something. She didn't like it. That woman busted him in the head with that hot iron. He ended up with two stitches in his head, head. But he refused to press charges. And his reason was he didn't want his kids taken away from him. 
but you don't love a person so much when you actually have to hurt them. And what we needed him to understand, although this may be a female doing this abuse to you, sometimes you you love her, but for you and your kids' safety, she might need to be arrested and locked up. And you and your children get away to a safe and fresh start for yourselves. Because if those kids are seeing their mother abuse you, what are your sons going to think a man is supposed to be when they grow up? Right. Absolutely. I, I had to come to the conclusion that um, the relationships that I were in that were abusive, they didn't love me. That's not love. And, and That's right. It's not love that uh, somebody did, who would do that to you is it's not love. No. Um, that's that's somebody um, trying to gain power over you, keep you in a place. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Trying to gain power and keep you in a place. Mm -hmm. it's love. And I think one of the main things that women should keep in mind who are in abusive situations, it's time to get mad. Because when you get mad, you get things done. You get mad at that person. It's easier to leave than feeling like, oh, you need them. You need that person. Oh, he just he did. He was just mad, you know. Or, um, is, that's where that's where I gained my strength is from being mad, just getting mad, and getting out. Yeah. Yes, and, but unfortunately, some of the times individuals don't understand what they're in. Um, yeah, they're so controlled by the individual, and we have to look to the background of a person of what has even allowed them to accept this. What made it become acceptable in their life, whereas though they were okay with it, and they I was didn't want to leave. Yeah, yeah, and I that's was a lot very sheltered. Very sheltered. Scared, having received the love that they were that they wanted, or either their parents were abusive to them. Um, you know, I know I myself, I, I come from an abusive background. My father was an abuser, you know. Um, so you look at trying to figure out what in the world happened. You know, as I tell individuals, I was groomed for abuse. You know, when you have an individual who he's raising you up and teaching you things that you shouldn't do and controlling you, preparing me for my abuser, that I'm thinking, this is my father, I love him, you know, but when you walk in the house and you didn't, went, you didn't and somebody take you or something happened and you don't get the chance to even explain the first thing that person, your father does is punch you in your stomach. Like, what do you prepare yourself for? You, you don't understand those things. There are several different individuals who have been beaten and abused by their own parents and when they walk out the door, they think it's okay. And then mm -hmm. you have some individuals who who become that abuser because now they're saying, I'm not gonna let nobody do this to me. So now they become the abuser. They've been abused. But now because they say, I'm not gonna let this happen, they're ready to fight. The first thing that happened, they're fighting. You know, that person might not have even been um, in the process of even putting their hands on them. But because of the trauma that they've endured, now they're fighting, but they're fighting the wrong person because they haven't been healed. They're still dealing with things. I mean, it's kind of like what we're experiencing right now with 
with everything that's going on with um, George Floyd. You know, this is it's trauma. People have seen so much happen to other individuals and they're saying, what can I do? And not only that, it wasn't just him, it was them, their trauma, things that they have experienced. And now people are now reacting to that trauma. You know, so what do you do with it? It, it comes because individuals are unhealthy. They haven't yeah. healed. Right. So when you don't have that, that healing, you're going to have that continual instances that will actually bring triggers into a person's life. Because when this thing went nationwide, the first thing that hit people begin to think about what they experienced. Mm -hmm. What can I do? Now I'm afraid of if I try to go out and I do something now, the fear is not just for me. Now the fear is for my children. Yes. But in just as much as with that, one of the greater one of the greater instances with individuals who experience domestic violence is the fact that most of the times women will endure whatever they're enduring, and even men. But when that violence begins to turn on the children, that's what makes them say, "Okay, I'm not going to do this. Enough is enough." Yeah, I could probably take that beating, but not my kids. Yeah, not my kids. I've seen it. I've seen it, man. I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> I've seen last right before, right before we went into the lockdown. I went to, had a case where a guy beat his girl and then punched a two year old in the mouth. Oh son. no! Yeah, her son. And I had another one. Did he go to jail? <laughs> we he had, we he wasn't there, but we ended up getting a warrant. He ended up getting locked up. I think like the next day, two days later, or something like that. For that, yeah. um, had another one where it was a couple months back. A young lady, she called. We got there. She said, "No, I didn't call." I could just—I knew if something was off. I knew she called, but if she's telling us she didn't call, then you know, then we, it's nothing we can do. So we left. I kind of hung around in the area because I knew that call was going to come back. Showing sure up, maybe 30, 40 minutes later, the call came back out. We got there. She's bloody this time. Um, he had hit her. I said, so why didn't you tell us the first time? Well, I was scared because he was here and I said, it's okay. You know, we could have locked him up the first time. This time he had left. He had left the scene. Um, he had hit her. I think he had messed her hand up a little bit, punched her in the face. She had a seven-year-old boy, I think, seven, seven, eight-year-old. He kicked him. So that was his, that was her child. He, he mm -hmm. kicked him. So it's like, so I was like, she was said that, no, when she hit my son, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I called. But I, you got to stop putting yourselves in that position. You know, they. I, I tried to talk to them and just tell them, a lot of these guys, they don't want to, they don't want the whole package. They want no. you for what you, you got to offer for right now. Yeah. That's it. They're, they're, they don't have anything vested in that child. You know, <laughs> they don't have anything vested. So they don't care. And And I was pissed. Both incidents, I, the first one I just I told you about, man, I stayed out there for a while looking for this dude. I think I, man, I don't know what I would have done if I saw him. Because the little kid was two years old, man, and he was all, his mouth was all bloody and like, damn, what, why would you hit a, what are you going to hit a kid for? Like, it's not, it's not, it's not the and the little kid told us everything that happened. He, wasn't he was crazy. invested I, in himself. I he was he invested in himself. So, uh, it's, they don't they they these a lot of these guys they're not they don't want 
the total package. They just want what they can get from you for right now. They don't mm-hmm. care about the kids. You know, they they don't care about life. You know, and if for, if you if he hits you in front of your child, he's going to continue, and eventually it's going to go oh, down yeah. to your child. Because that's Absolutely. not his kid. He has nothing better than that child. He don't care. Yeah, and a lot of them don't if it is their children. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. going to ask you too, Jerome. Um, yes. Have you noticed that a lot of these young girls are taking these guys that have been released from prison and let them come into their home? They don't know nothing about these guys. Yep. They have children, and then those guys end up taking their kids' life while they at work. Yep, you I, know, I feel on the This dude killed this. Uh, he killed. He, I think he, she died from blunt force. It was a little girl. She died from blunt force trauma. Um, the dude beat the girl, beat the beat, beat the little baby. Um, Why the mama was at work? Uh, I believe or sleep or something like that. She wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. But it, I, I think it's so many. So many of these females are looking. They're looking for what their idea of love is. They don't yeah. want to be. Right. They want somebody, and it's and yeah, it's right. It's it's killing me because you don't. It's okay to be alone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's okay yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It is. To be alone. And if I could chime in, one, what, one good thing is to learn to love yourself. Yeah. Learn yeah. to love yourself. Do things for yourself that make you feel good about yourself. That's find yeah. things that you love that that are about you it's okay to be selfish once in a while especially mm-hmm. when you've been in a position like that it's okay to focus on yourself and be single for a while yeah absolutely because you know you can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself first exactly, yeah, exactly. it ain't gonna exactly. work you got you got to find your own peace you got to be okay with being alone because once you're yeah. finally okay with being alone, you know you're not going to accept anything. When you start exactly. settling, that's when things go bad. Yep. I said, yeah. man, I would never settle. Like, the only place I ever settle and that you should settle is in court. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or settle on a house. But that, that don't settle in a relationship with your life. No. Because that, that person well, is not worth that. Yeah, and people have to begin to have a relationship with themselves first. You know, yeah. um, they, don't know they don't know about themselves. A lot of nope. times people... They have not gotten the chance to know who they are, what they like, what they want. So how can you expect for somebody else to give you what you don't know to give your own self? Exactly. You have to understand what your need is and who you are, what you want. Um, and people need to understand love. You have boundaries. Love is boundaries. You can't love. People think about, oh, I, I love you unconditionally. Well, first of all, love is conditional. There, there are conditions with love. Yeah. A condition of just how much you want to take what you're willing to accept in your life. And you have to know what those conditions are. And before you can know what they are, you can't get in a relationship and then try to figure them out. You can't wait until you're in a relationship and say, oh, well, no, I don't want this. You know, it's just this individuals they get in relationships and the first thing somebody say is um well i don't want kids but that individual accepts that for their for themselves i'm going to accept this but then they think that they can change that individual's mind but that person knew what their boundaries were i don't want kids but then they're going to now force the person 
to have a child or better yet sneak and do other things to not help guard themselves to have that child and then get mad because that individual didn't want the child. We have to remember you can't force things on people. Know what you want. Yeah. And respect other individuals' boundaries of what they don't want. If they if that's not something that that individual want and you want, then that person isn't for you. Yeah. You're right. And it's just funny you said that that example because I don't have kids. And um I've I've dated some women, I mean, can't call it date, but I've talked to them and they said, Well, I don't want kids. That deaded it for me right there, you know. And then they're mm-hmm. like, we still be friends, or you no, know, let's try and see what happens. Nah, I'm not even gonna do that because the moment you get pregnant, you don't want that child already. It's already in your mind. It's gonna be a bad situation for both of us. So Absolutely. because I'm gonna want I'm gonna be putting out more than you are because you didn't want that in the first place. And I'm never gonna try to change anybody ever. Because mm-hmm. you can't change people. No, people change that's people. Right. Fails. You'll never be able right. to change anybody. So I'm, I'm not I'm not out here to try to change it. I'm not gonna try to change your mind. You don't want kids. You said that. Okay, you spoke it. So right. just gonna let me keep it moving. I'm okay. I'm perfectly fine with being alone. I'm never lonely. Me too. You know, I'm never <laughs> me lonely. Too. I might be alone, but I'm never lonely. So it's, it's yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a difference. So I, I I just wish a lot of women would 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 would, would take take the time to understand that it's okay to be alone. It's all yeah. right. You don't have it to be is. just because society say you need to be married by 30 with kids and not tell all that. Yeah, you see, uh, in this age, a lot of people aren't getting married anymore. Nope. They're just date, they're just in a relationship with somebody, to, you know, uh, but they're not getting married. You know, yes. There's a lot of that mm-hmm. going around. So, well, so well, I, mean, I can't. Let have me tell you what I say that is. That is sexation without relation and no type of dedication. That's what that is. <laughs> they do not care. There, there is no, they don't even know who that person is. And I, I can't even understand it. The, the One of the most important and vulnerable things that you could ever do is have sex with somebody. Yeah. But they're willing to open open themselves up in that aspect and don't know anything about that individual. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of it. So, it's it's, a, it's, yes, a, lot of it, it's but a lot of it. I don't, what can you do? I mean, is I'd rather, I'd rather somebody not get married than get married and regret it. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather them, True. you know, it's just, in the day True. and time we live in now, marriage is more so a, a, a business, you know, it's a business move. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if somebody's going to get married just to settle or just to say that for a title, mm-hmm. you're going to be unhappy. There's going to be a lot of unhappiness. There's going to be a lot of uh, domestic situations. You know, it's going to be a lot of financial mm-hmm. hardships. So it's yeah. just... yeah. that's one thing that my mom and I, my mom has uh, helped me with is um, I don't need a man to, you know, and I don't need a man to support me. And um, that's why I want to focus on my career. I want to get a foundation for myself. And um, that is independence. And um, yeah, I just, I, I'm happy being by myself right now. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good thing. Well, and Emily, I'm tell me if you're on the show today because our. Um, yes. We need different um, races on this show, Ava, and I'm so glad because 
a lot of people think that abuse just comes with black families. It does not. It's with not the white families. It's with the Hispanic families. It's with the, um, uh, uh, what do you call those? Three? I'm sorry. It's with all different cultures cultures yes, out is. here and people just try to make it look like the black people have been killing each other all their lives with this domestic violence stuff it's not just the black family no it goes Absolutely. it goes all around all races yeah that is yeah. so true that is so true well emily yeah. tell me tell us about your book tell us about i know that you said that you're working on your book and you're preparing um when does it do you have a um, date? I should have it done by the end of the year. Okay. I don't have any, we don't have an exact date yet. Um, it's my first book. So wonderful. Yeah, and um, I have a ton written down already. And um, a lot of it that I'm struggling on is memory because at that time I was using drugs. And um, so it, it comes to me more and more when I write. I'm I'm a I'm a writer just like my mother, and um, that's my passion is well, writing. Well, that's mine too. I'm being welcome. Hey, buddy. We, I'm, yeah. I'm hey. <laughs> so I'm really excited about it, and also we're gonna. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a makeup line in all shades of purple. And all I right, want I want proceeds to go to women and children. Um, and housing for them. And um, we have some other ideas that we're going to be coming up with next year. But right now we're just going to stick with the book and then the makeup line. Great. Yeah. Great. And just I work my way up. Yeah. I will push that out there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do know that we're going to do nail polish and all colors of purple. Yep. And I wanted to call it Great. warrior paint. Warrior paint. So. Warrior paint. Uh -huh. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Well, look, you're gonna have to let me know as soon as we get it because we're definitely we will share it on our on our site Thank to promote. Uh, There's some things that um I definitely wanna put in place um soon, but definitely want to know about your line and your book as soon as you get it. Well, um, yeah. Yes, we'll let, us let us know when you put up that website. <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah. Go yeah. to me. And okay. we will be. We will stay in touch. We definitely will. Thank Jerome, you, Ron. Tell me. I, tell me. Tell us what you're doing, because I know. Even though you're a police officer, you're still an advocate. But there are some things I know that you're working on in the background regarding domestic violence. Yeah. I'm, um. This year, last year, I did a uh, a uh, I guess the largest thing. Well, the second largest thing I've done in the in the in the domestic violence field was I did a fundraiser to get bears for the kids of domestic uh -huh. violence. Um, right. Yeah. So like I told you guys about the, uh, the little boy that was crying. I mean, the, the, the two year old that the boyfriend hit that kind of catapulted me the idea into my head to do this. Um, actually I got one right here. I went to, uh, -oh. uh I went to build a bear and I uh -huh. got like, <laughs> I got like, uh, what did I get? I got 50 of them, I think. Like, uh -huh. I'm raising up my idea to go fund me. It's called Pause for the Cause. Oh, that's great. I went to, I got, did go fund me. I got 50 of them. I, I passed some out to, I did like a certain amount to a domestic violence agency down here. I went to the courthouse, to the court domestic violence liaison and uh -huh. gave some there. 
and I okay. keep some with me. I've handed them out time just over time to um, right. to the kids that if I go to the house for domestic violence, or if I just see some kids just come to the station and just out and about, I hand it to them. You know, just to let them know everything's gonna be okay. Because I've I've noticed that the uh, once they if they have something positive out of that situation, they tend to mm -hmm. hold on. To that, you know, and remember that that was kind. Of, they can find comfort in that. Um, I'm hopefully to do that again. Well, I'm not hopefully. I'm going to do it again this year. Um, okay. I, also, I told you I was a writer. I wrote a movie. I wrote wrote film, shot it, all that. A domestic violence film. It was the story about what happened to my sister. Um, okay. Well, loosely about what happened to her. Um, the mm -hmm. way the person dies in the film is, is, that, is that identical to what happened to my sister. Everything else is kind of, you know, written in. Um, I'm just pushing. I'm just pushing. Hopefully, finally get my my uh, my nonprofit up and running this year. Just been busy with other things. You can hear in the background my oven's going off. I'm doing a lot of baking and, and stuff on the side. <laughs> Good to stay so, busy. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have to let us know. And definitely, even with what you're doing, the um the cheesecakes, we gotta get something. We gotta get something going to um promote those cheesecakes so you can get your your call taken care of. And definitely. You know, the pause for a cause and the movie, you can put that information out over in the um, chat box or something so that um, yeah, we could go ahead. I would really like for y'all to take a look at the film. It's a full feature length film. Um, and it's, I think it was written pretty well. Um, I shot it again on a very, very, very tight budget. Uh, I just put it up. You guys should be able to see it. Okay. That's the name of the movie on chat. Let me go turn this up. Okay. Cheesecake now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's the movie is called The Cowboy's Dream. And um, okay. I just put it in what the chat. Is it on? It's, in, it's on YouTube. It's, it's the full version okay. is on YouTube. It's on you YouTube. Cowboy's yeah. Dream. Okay. Huh? You said Cowboy's Dream. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. If I'm you click the chat, click the chat button. You you should see uh. You should you should see the uh. The, I put the name in there. Oh okay. On your end. Okay, I see it. Yeah, cow was drink. That's awesome. Okay. Good for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think you. it's great uh for everybody out there who's making a difference, who's helping. Yeah. We need more people. I'm trying to get more men involved. There's a couple, there's a few guys that's, that are involved. I'm, but I'm trying to get more men involved. Oh, I also I have a idea that I'm, I want to push to the lawmakers. I'm trying to use the resources that I have to work it out, whereas to make it a little easier for people like us and like you, Ava, that help relocate people. For um, it's a bill that I want to get passed. Well, a law try to get it amended where the victims of domestic violence and agencies. Here in this state, at least, we can start off with they won't they can have their windows tinted as dark as need be without getting fined or pulled over for it, you know. Because I mean, I think that's just a start to to where I'm really trying to ultimately go. But you know, we have you're trying to make a, a, a emergency exit. You know, you don't want anybody seeing in the car or who you know who's who's riding with you or if you had to sit outside us. Up the street of somebody's house for a little while, you know, the abuser ride right. past, you don't want to know who's in the car. Privacy, you know? it's a privacy thing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's a privacy thing. So I want I'm I'm working on that, trying to figure out how to get this going. 
um, just so that it won't be uh, when the police will run the tag or something like that, an alert will come up. Let them know that is a domestic violence vehicle. And um, right. they can either check on them, make sure they're okay, or just, you know, they they can carry on without being the, the, the fear of being fined for having yeah. their homes too dark or something like that. Yeah. You know, it makes sense yeah. right now, but in the long run, I think it'll, it'll definitely play out to be something to be something that could be great. You know? Well, let me say, say this, that no, nothing is too small because the small things are what greatly matters with a lot of victims. Um, sometimes yeah. people aren't paying attention to those small things that they need. Right. So, right. but thank you. Let me know. Let us know. Put that information out there too. If you have anything for um, any petitions or anything that you're um, looking to sign, so that we can put it out there and share it, and have individuals to go on and sign it to, um, to participate in it. Also, again, okay. I'm starting to think of things. I'm tired of keep talking. I'm sorry, but a couple of years back, I, I put out a petition on the change.org thing. I mean, it didn't really, a few people signed it, but it was to have the month, the Domestic Violence Month changed. I, it, my, my thought process behind it was, it's in October, so it's Breast Cancer, mm -hmm. breast yeah, cancer Awareness. That's the biggest problem. It, you know? Yeah. It's greatly, a lot of people to this day still don't know it's Domestic Violence Month in October. They don't. Because right. the, push, the money behind, the money behind Breast Cancer Awareness, the push of that is just, is tremendous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It is. You know, so it my thinking was, okay, it we can, I was trying to get it pushed. You have that, I, I researched it and everything. You have to have an act of Congress to do it. So um, I was thinking, try to get it put in May. Had domestic violence where money put in May because the, the majority of victims are females. So I wanted to kind of associate it with caring. You know, we all care about our mothers. So yeah. in the month of May, it's Mother's Day. And just associate the whole thing with caring. Um, just to, it'll, it'll be something that people can constantly think about. I think that's you know a good I mean? idea. So I was thinking about yeah. trying to uh, get another petition or get something pushed back for that again. Eventually, you know, try to get that worked out. But that was just yeah. a thought. I tried to watch yeah. that. Yeah. A few, a few but I didn't get enough for it to even be considered. So yeah, well, put it out there. I mean, because a lot of people are, are quite aware of it. We all know that um, breast cancer awareness completely overshadows. Um, domestic violence um, awareness month. Mm -hmm. So that's something to put out there. Put that information out there. We will actually support it and push and get other individuals to sign for it. I'll sign it. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely sign it. I've been trying to get we domestic know. violence month change for the longest. And you're yeah. saying um, May, and that, that, that really sounds good to me listening to what you're saying about May because we were pushing for September just so it'll be taken away from October. But I totally agree with what you're saying about May. Yeah, mm -hmm. the name too, May. Just I just I think it's good. Yeah. May. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah, absolutely. Well Karen, tell me what you tell me about any projects that you have coming up with your organization. I know that I right now you have a hold. But yes, um, we do something every year called a purple gala. But before I tell you mm -hmm. about that purple gala, uh, Romy Rom, I want to let you know uh -huh. that um, Fatal Attraction did my daughter's story as well. So they did a movie on her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they did a movie the on TV her. 
TV One, yes. But if yeah. you go to my website on the very first page, we have the link so people can just click on it and watch the story about her. Although, they, you know, it upset me a little because it didn't let us know in that story that her abuser had a history of domestic violence. He had two cases in uh, Chicago. Then he had two cases in Texas. And then she was his fifth victim in Texas, but she was the only life he took. But that made my brother mad that they said that in court, that she was the only life that they that he took. Because my brother said, no, she's the only life that we know about that he took. Yeah. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yep. If you get a chance, you watch that. But I'm gonna be sure to watch yours and share your uh, YouTube with everybody I know, and That's I will put that up on my website that I want people to watch yeah. that. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, I need. I'm gonna. I need your website link so I can. Uh, so I can go to theangelhouse.org. Theangelhouse.org. Uh huh. Could I just let me see? I'll see if I can, can put, put it in, in, um, in the chat. I don't know, y'all. I don't know how to do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I this see is my you. first time live, so. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I don't no, mm -mm. I, I'll send it uh, to Ava. House, hold up. I just did it. Uh -oh. Hold up, where'd she go? Did she knock herself out? Uh-oh. Yeah, she, <laughs> she deleted. She knocked herself out. Is she in the chat? No, she's uh, she's, she's all the way off. It's not going to let her back in. It should. She clicked the link. Oh, here she is. OK. <laughs> I told you I shouldn't You're be messing back. with buttons. <laughs> I really shouldn't be messing with buttons. But anyway, I have a purple gala every year. And the okay. purple gala is always the first weekend, the first Friday in October. And I have people from, I have uh, guest speakers come from different states that's going through domestic violence so they can speak about their stories. So I would love to have you all come to a purple gala. I'd love That's to. Um, so, yeah, you all keep, keep on checking me out uh, to find out what we're doing here. But my biggest goal is to get connected with other states so I can continue to send women to them and to raise enough money for me to get a shelter here in Michigan to bring women from other states here for them to start a fresh new life. Karen, will you send me um, on Break Free with Emily if you follow me and send me a private message on where to donate? I'd love, I'd love for that. I'd love to donate and help. Okay, now tell me that again. What did you just say? If you could follow me on Instagram. Okay. And um, send me a message of where to donate for your cause. I'd really appreciate. I really want to donate, donate, and help out. Oh. Bless your heart. Thank you. Yeah, now you said it's Emily. What on Instagram? It's Break Free with Emily. This oh, you see, you see what her name is? You see her name up there? It's, it's yeah, the same I see it now. Break Free with yeah. Emily. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we have to get together. We have to stay connected. That's yes. the biggest problem. Um, I've had people from Mississippi and Alabama and 
California, come to Michigan and speak about what they've gone through for domestic violence. I've even had people from Georgia and Washington come and speak about their domestic violence. Um, and it's just we have to stay connected because if yes. we don't stay connected, we cannot stay strong. That's how we yes. stay strong because I ask that it be a purple gala in a different state every year. That would be mm -hmm. great. Yes, just like I have it here in yeah. Michigan. And uh, what did you say you're at, Emily? I'm in Vancouver, Washington. So we should be going mm -hmm. to Vancouver, Washington uh, next year. And where are you at, Ava? At Maryland. And so oh, the following okay. year, we should be in Maryland going to uh, the Purple Gala. It should be a different state every October so that we can meet each other. We can link up with one yes. another. We I can network that. with one another. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, once I do mine again here this year, I will be inviting all of you all and praying that you can attend because I can't afford to pay for everybody to come. So just know every year in October, so start saving your money. And But this year we had to put the Purple Gala on hold because we didn't know what to do with the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. There's still yeah, a lot so, of places staying closed. Yeah. So. yeah, so we'll do it again next October. Good. Okay. 21, Great. 21 yes. Great. Well, most definitely. Well, I thank you all, first of all, for um, coming and sharing your stories and telling us about what you all are doing, how you have overcome with your pain. Actually, um, with domestic violence is not easy, but it is a, it is something that you can't accomplish. And a lot of people think just because they experience domestic violence that there is no way out. There is a way out. Um, yes. You there is can a way at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Life. You can overcome it. Um, you don't have to be stuck in it. I know mm -hmm. it's hard, it's not an easy road, but you can obtain a fresh start. Yeah. I thank you all who have joined us tonight on, excuse me, on paying the power. I so greatly appreciate it. I hope that you all have gained some information and some insight. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact us as well on info at paintthepowertalk.com and Bring your questions. I know individuals may be afraid. You may not want to put it on a platform, but if you want to do it anonymously, feel free to contact us. We are really about sharing information, how individuals overcome. We're talking about relationships and things of that nature to help individuals know that there are other ways that we can go about with having a healthier and more productive relationship. And if you're not in a relationship that is not healthy, that you can walk away, that there are individuals that are out here that are willing to assist you in doing whatever it is that you need to get to the area of first of a safe haven and then to help you as we stay in and with my organization to escape, heal, rebuild and thrive. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Quite surely, we know that the abuse did not start overnight and it is something that you're going to have to rebuild. And when you do begin to heal, it's not an overnight process. It's not a monthly process. It is a process that is a lifetime healing that you will continue to do. So I thank you all tonight. Be safe. Be healthy. And once again, I just tell you, if you need help, if you need someone to talk to, reach out. Thank you. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. All righty. All right.
Rome, Rome, thank you. Look, you didn't even tell me about that. You're gonna have to um 